unidentifiable flying object. <laughs> UFO continues to be a mystery. Wasn't alone in space. Sightings of UFOs. Something out there. Close enough to be observed. What could it be? It could only be anything. A UFO. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to UFO Know, your break from the propaganda, the bad news, the political nonsense, and have some fun talking about fun topics like Skinwalker Ranch. Thanks for joining the show. We're in the stratosphere, cruising about 30,000 feet, and it is clear skies, baby. If you like the show, be sure to share this episode. Give me a nice review, please. Hit that subscribe button if you're on Rumble or the YouTubes. It really does help a lot. Don't forget, you can also donate at patreon.com slash podcast where you get zero ads, all my loyalty, and we are adding some stuff very, very soon. Bunch of new stuff. Gonna be great. Stay tuned. Also, be sure get yourself some sweet merch. Show off the show. We got some crazy designs like uh, cosmic blue balls. Of course, you can get my sweet ass logo all over your body. Just go check it out. Help me promo the show. Also, uh, you can find that link in the show notes. I love each and every one of you. Welcome to the show. Uh, you know what? Guess who else is joining me? To guess who else? I mean, guess who's joining me tonight again? For the, I don't know how many times in a row. That's not the right one. Hold on. I hit the wrong one. God damn it. I'm already blowing it, Ed. It's Ed. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I hit a different one. Anyways, Ed's here, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> how are you, man? Half in the bag, Ben. Half in the bag? Half in the bag. Half a bottle of conundrum. Oh, man. Conundrum is not a sponsor. Ed brought <laughs> Ed brought a bottle of wine called Conundrum from a ripe old age of 2019. Fantastic year from what I remember. Yes, pretty good. Uh, I don't remember where I was or what I was doing, but anyways. Welcome to the show, Ed. How's it going? Good, man. Good. good. I'm excited to talk about this one. You know, I've had no. requested. I've uh, actually not requests. I've been asked why. I haven't done Skinwalker Ranch in the past. I know. I'm excited about this one. Thanks. This is This is one of my favorite folklores. Oh, it or, is. Or is it a folklore? Well, that's what we're going to go over because, you know, believe. I mean, look, you probably are aware of this, but the whole term Skinwalker actually comes from like Native American legends uh, about the uh, people that can turn into any animal yeah, yeah, yeah. anytime they want. Uh, Skinwalker Ranch has actually had like a ton of stuff happen. I mean... All kinds of stuff. Uh, been through a couple of different owners. Owners. Uh, what they've had is uh, they've got everything from like cryptids, aliens. Some of them think it's portals. A bunch of well-known UFO sightings. Um, I like me some cryptids. Yeah, man. Uh, cattle mutilations. Literally the yeah. whole book. Yeah. Yeah. Of weird shit. Um, it's been called the strangest place on earth, in fact. They got a show on the History Channel. I thought that was the mystery spot in Santa Cruz. The mystery spot? What's that? Uh, it's a spot where gravity defies logic. Well. Where, like, it looks like something's going uphill. Like, you'll put up a, a like, oh, yeah, yeah. ball and it'll go uphill instead of going downhill. There's actually numerous spots yeah, that, that I, do that. Yes, I've heard that, yeah, but I didn't yeah. know any of the other ones. So, so. 
it's multiple weirdest strange spots yeah. in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Whereas this is the most singular due to the collection of weird shit that takes place on it. And not just one thing. Oh no, dude, it's the it's the it's, it's the, the gamut. Whole book. It's the whole literal book of crazy shit. Signed copy. Worth a lot. Anyways, on eBay, go check it out. Anyway, so uh, there's also theories that it is uh, part of some secret government projects, perhaps. Um, yeah, I'm interested about that. Yeah, uh, in fact, uh, we're going to get into it a little bit later, but there might even be something about an underground base. Yeah! Dun, dun, dun. I know, right? Dude, this place is 512 acres. Did you know that? That's a lot of acres. It's fucking huge. 512 acres. Uh, and it's uh, outside of this small town, Ballard, Utah. And um, I thought it was so, Bullard. Is it is it Bullard or is it Ballard? Bueller. 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 Yeah, maybe it is. <laughs> Anyways, it starts with a B, ends with a D, Utah. Um, maybe it is Ballard. I don't know. I don't know Utah. I've yeah, seen. I think it, well, it's a part of a, actually, somebody was, uh, there's a astrophysicist that's a part of the show, the secret of um, Skinwalker Ranch. And he, I think he was saying that he believes this was an impact, uh, impact crater from a, a, a meteor. Aliens, dude. <laughs> There's all kinds of crazy theories, um, but a lot of these stories aren't aren't modern day stuff. It actually goes back to the indigenous tribes, and they considered the whole land to be cursed. Um, there was, did you ever see the the movie Skinwalkers? No, I was going to talk. Neither. I was going to talk to you about 2013. That. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah from I, what I yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I yeah, I was. Well, from what I know, it's complete fiction. It's not based on. I mean, it's it. They might have like loosely used events um, based on research and local legends, but it, it's complete fiction, dramatization, the whole deal. The best thing, if you really want to like see an in depth look at the real investigations on this stuff. Check out that History Channel show, um, that Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, it, it they uh, look. It reminded me a lot of um, the show UFO Hunters. You ever seen that? I no. It's really good. There's a guy Bill Bill Burb or Bill Burris or something. Bill Burrs. Um, and he's part of that group. They've had a bunch of different researchers, but what it is, is it's a big lead up. Even finding Hitler was the same way. All these, all these history channel shows are this way. They do an hour long show and it's 48 minutes of build up of them going. So you saw it and somebody else going, I saw it. And the guy going over there and the other person going, no over there and them going yeah, and then at yeah. the end of the show they're just like here's what we got it was actually in the east not the west and it's like motherfucker i spent an hour <laughs> yeah waiting for you to tell me it was in the wrong direction come on anyways a lot of them are that way they're great shows i love them yeah i liked hunting hitler that was Dude, a good great one. show that one actually the findings that they made crazy but they could have wrapped up up in four episodes yeah yeah so i haven't made it to the end of it yet <laughs> oh dude oh. i'm convinced that hitler got away 
Yeah. And if you yeah. watch the show, you will already, be too. I mean, I was already convinced that before watching that show. Oh, yeah. Anyways, uh, 2013 movie Skinwalkers. If you love just great dramatization of things that actually happened, it's a great kind of movie to check out. You might like it. Who knows? But anyways, but just take it with a pinch of salt. Um, because it's Hollywood drama, whereas, once again, this Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch on History, great show, and they, they got an astrophysicist that doesn't, he doesn't buy into the hype, man. I mean, he really went out there thinking there was going to be a lot of hoax and, you know, uh, people faking it, but he, you know, I've watched a bunch of interviews with this guy, and he says the same thing each time. He's like, I was blown away by the unexplainable things that happened. And he says, I believe that everything can be explained by science. He said, but there are things that happen I cannot explain. Yeah. And, dude, that's a rocket science uh, scientist I'll saying that. i have to finish so. that one, too. I haven't finished that one. Either. It's great. Go check it out. Anyways. <laughs> but here's how it all got started, okay? Uh, the Sherman family, original owners, Terry and Gwen, they just bought the property, and they already, right off the bat, were noticing weird and creepy shit taking place. So they reached out to, you might recognize this name, George Knapp. Yes. Yeah, so this is the guy, journalist. Uh, he brought along um, his uh, other investigator, Cole McKellar. But you might recognize this guy from blowing the Bob, or not blowing, um, breaking the Bob Lazar story. You know, you know Bob Lazar, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. anyways, George Knapp was the guy that did the whole interview where yeah. Bob Lazar in the night or late eighties, early nineties was all silhouetted out. He was the one that originally did that. Yes. And from then, he's kind of been tied up in ufology in a way. He kind of claims to be an unbiased journalist. It is interesting, though, how a majority of his work, even though he has done some other things, um, a lot of it, it ties him back to this shit. You know, so anyways, uh, but anyways, him, George Knapp, Colm Kelleher, author, also journalist, uh, all go out there to see what was going on. Um, Kelleher actually ended up writing a book called uh, Hunt for the Skinwalker. Science confronts the unexplained at a oh, the, <laughs> dude, this is the title. This is why I, I even tried this before and I fucked it up then too. Hunt for the Skinwalker, Science Confronts the Unexplained at a Remote Ranch in Utah. That's the whole name. Yeah. Jesus, anyways. it Condense it down, Jesus. Uh, but it, <laughs> uh, anyways, but what's interesting about that book is that he actually um, doesn't refer to, even though now it's very public knowledge, he doesn't refer to the Shermans as the Shermans. He calls them the Gormans. The Gormans. The Gormans, right? Isn't that weird? <laughs> um, but anyways, it really goes into detail a lot of the weird stuff that took place. So go check out that book once again, Hunt for the Skinwalker, Science Confronts the Unexplained at a Remote Ranch in Utah. Um, interesting book. Uh, so anyways, they saw, they themselves, uh, George Knapp um, and this Kelleher guy, they saw weird flashing lights, some voice that came out of nowhere. Um, but he was in some weird language that they didn't understand. Um, I'm sorry. This was the Shermans. The Shermans. The Shermans saw weird lights. They heard languages they couldn't understand. They had a bunch of cattle that got mutilated. You might be familiar with the Skinwalker Ranch cattle mutilations. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, in fact, even three of their dogs disappeared right in front of them while chasing an orb-like light. Here's the interesting thing, though. In the show, 
um, the the secrets of Skinwalker Ranch. The guy, the he was like a nephew that happened to be out there on the property a lot, says that one of these blue orb lights crushed these dogs, crushed them. He said, so he said it depressed them into the ground. And the scientists were like, wait a minute. Was this, what, what do you what, mean? Yeah. And he says, I mean, it crushed them into the ground. They were crushed. And it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, so not simply disappeared, like crushed. Crazy. That is fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, so then, of course, the big claim was that Terry Sherman saw uh, a huge spaceship the size of multiple football fields out of his kitchen window one night. Um, so George Knapp, Kelleher, now this time they claimed that they saw weird creatures with glowing red eyes. Um that they claim wasn't hurt by gunfire. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they all, which I'm going to get into a very detailed story here in a minute about that. Um, they also got some really weird uh, magnetic readings, which actually happens in that show, which I'm going to reference a bunch of times. It is a great show. You really should check it out. Um, it, it It's kind of incredible some of the things they said. Once again, it's really drawn out. There's all this, bah, 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 you know, and all that shit. Anyways, but it is kind of crazy that this astrophysicist is like, what the fuck is happening out here? So nobody can explain it. Nobody can explain it. Uh, so um, they were getting weird magnetic readings. They were seeing these same glowing orbs that the Shermans claim to have seen. These uh, what a lot of them described as blue glowing orbs. Um, now after Knapp and Kelleher's investigation, which by the way, it really is a lot of just personal experiences. I mean, that, that is one thing that is challenging for me is when you're going out and documenting one thing, what do you, what do you, what do you acknowledge you're going to need a lot of camera footage? Yes. And one fucking camera guy. Running around trying to cover 14 people drives me insane. It's like these ghost hunter shows. They've got one camera guy that's watching two dudes that are all over the place. Yeah. Oh, Randy went upstairs, but the camera guy just happened to stay downstairs when Randy got his butthole probed by a ghost. Fucking Jesus. Put a camera on. Building the suspense. Everybody needs to have a camera on a GoPro. You know what I mean? And yeah. everybody needs to have 14 camera guys around them. Can we not do this properly? Right. Are we going to go? Can GoPros we not go into one enough. haunted house where a guy's got like a, th- a 3D fucking thing? Like, dude, you know, did you know we have over 18,000 hours at any given day of live streaming footage of the ISS, the International Space Station? You can go right now to NASA and live stream that shit. But we can't get four proficient dudes with cameras into a haunted house so we can catch (laughs) Lucy the spirit. Right. Yeah. What are we doing here? What the fuck are we doing here? But no, these camera guys are like, no, 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 I got it, dude. I'm, I'm good. Like I'm going to whip around like a motherfucker. I'm like, no, you're not. Cause they're ghosts. You dipshit anyways, or whatever they are. So I find it fascinating that, in all the years, which I'm going to break it down, the amount of time they have spent investigating this place. We're talking decades. 
And they still have not acknowledged that they need everybody under constant surveillance everywhere at every given moment. Like, live stream the holy fuck out of this shit. Anyways, but nobody will do it because I think it's more hype. But yeah. that's my own opinion. There is a lot of, lot of shit. I just find it fascinating that we can't capture any of it or very, very little of it. But isn't that kind of the problem? That would, that would ruin the suspense. I know. That would kill a whole genre. I, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Uh, so anyways, they didn't have a whole lot to show for it except for personal experiences and a lot of these weird readings. Um, so then the Shermans, after years of dealing with this shit, eventually ended up selling the property to um, Robert T. Bigelow, who was into the paranormal and was wanting to fund his own research on the property and figure out what was going on. Um, but before we go into that fully, because that kind of skips forward a little bit, let's look at a little bit deeper into the Sherman's claims and what okay. happened. Okay. So some of their actual accounts of what happened. Once again, you can go and look at that book that goes into great detail um, about these, but we're going to do an overview. So one of the first incidents that happened uh, was one night when the Shermans were with their cattle. Terry happened to notice something off in the distance, some kind of an animal. Uh, he thought maybe it was a coyote, but whatever it was, it was headed towards him. When it was around 500 yards away, he started to think it was a big gray wolf. But around 50 yards away, it stopped, and Terry saw that it was actually about three times the normal size of a wolf. And, but here's the weird thing. It wasn't aggressive. It wasn't like stalking them or hunting them. It was just looking around. So then Terry sees one of his calves alone about 100 feet from him and the wolf. All right. The wolf starts walking towards the Shermans, but calmly. Dude, here's the craziest part, okay? This is what blew me away. And I, I kind of feel like they have it coming after this. This big gray, whatever the fuck, is walking towards them calmly. So Terry just reaches out and pets it, okay? But it lets him. Then his wife comes over and is like, oh, look, and calls the kids over. <laughs> Billy, Suey. Dude. Come on. Dude. Uh, to see the friendly wolf. So then, with, quote, unbelievable speed, the beast shot toward the lone wolf, chomped down on its head, and tried to drag it away. You, you, the, In front of the whole family. Wait, you mean on the calf? On the calf. What yeah, did I say? You lone wolf. No, on the lone calf. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I said the lone wolf. Yeah, you did. I'm a lone wolf. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> it's like if I was a lone wolf, I'd pounce on that calf. So I said lone wolf. Anyways. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah if it tried to, uh, didn't it try to pull it through a, like a fence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was pulling. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're right. It was in a pen. It was like it, by the by the cattle, whatever the fuck that's uh, called. And, yeah. Uh, and it had its head through it, and then it was chomping. It tried to drag it through the fence. Yeah. Chomp down on the Fucking Yeah. Crazy. Um, if I saw that, I'd be like, oh, damn. Well, here's what the family did. The family immediately goes to attack the wolf. Yep. Uh, they kicked at it. They were hitting at it with a baseball bat. Then Terry reaches for a 357 and shoots it in the ribs. Clean hit. But the wolf didn't even flinch. Didn't react at all. Continued to attack the calf. Uh, Terry 
couldn't believe it. So he fires two more shots into the wolf. Again, clean hits. Finally, the wolf lets go, uh, moves a little short distance away, but just stands there staring at the family. Um, what's crazy is it didn't look wounded at all. He shot yeah. it three times. With with a three fifty seven. A three fifty seven. The first few times. Yeah. And then he moves up to a That's hunting right. rifle. That's right. Yes. So he yells to his son, go grab the gun, right? So then he, uh, no, actually before that, he shoots it again with the pistol. Oh, does he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. So he shoots it one more. So he's, star- he's standing there staring at it after this, and it's just watching him. So he lifts the pistol one more time, aims for the heart, shoots it right on target, but doesn't wobble, nothing. It just moves back about 30 feet. So then he yells to his kid to go grab the rifle that he uses for hunting. Um, the whole time, the wolf is just staring. So then he gets the rifle, aims it, fires it. Again, doesn't drop the wolf. But at least this time, he can see an exit wound. Uh, but instead of reacting at all, the, the beast just walked away. And, you know, a three fifty seven in general is nothing to fucking... Oh, no, that's I, no joke. I would not want to get in a gunfight with three fifty seven. No, not at all. Uh, but, and then and I don't then know a, what kind of a hunting a rifle it was. 30-06. Yeah, yeah, like, who knows? You yeah, know what dude. I, mean? I wouldn't want to get in a fight with a hunting rifle either. Yeah. Unless so, I was, like, close range, you know what I mean? Dude, I... If, like, a bear had a fucking thirty out six or something. I'll tell you, I mean, like, the fact I, that... I'd, I'd be able to take him out. Look, man, I mean, close. the fact that this family... Let's... Uh, obviously, assuming this is true... The fact that this family did not get mauled to death is a thing in itself, considering not only did he shoot at it five times, yeah, at that point, it tried to kill a calf even after they thought like, oh, friendly paranormal wolf, three times the size of a gray. Dude, do you know how big a gray wolf is? They're big. Huge. They're, yeah, they're big. Yeah, like, dude, like think German Shepherd, but a little bigger than that. Do do. Wolves, even, are they in Utah? Well, ah, very interesting. So, okay, let's continue on. All right. Okay. Okay, so, uh, well, no, basically the short of it is no. They ended up contacting, (laughs) they ended up, I should answer this right now. They ended up. build suspense like the history channel. Yeah, but it's, it's, anyways, um, yeah, fuck that. So, uh, no, they ended up actually calling to find out. It was later on. It was when the wife ended up seeing it later. But she called local authorities to find out if anyone owned wolves in the area. And they said no. In fact, they said no one had seen a wolf in 40 years. Holy shit. Yeah. So, yes, you're Man. right. That's a thing. Anyways. I, I don't know much about, I'm, not, I'm no zoologist well, or anything either. like that, but. I, I like animals, you know. I yeah. try to, I try to keep up on all the hits. Yeah, wolves are no joke though, man. They yeah, are they are fierce predators. Yeah. You know, they're pretty, but they are fierce they're predators, man. Huge. Oh yeah. Too. Oh yeah. yeah. Um so at this point the family of course is relieved that the thing went off, but Terry not so happy. He was not going to let this go. Yeah. So, he gets his family safely back in the house, tells his kid, "I'm going after it." So his kid says, "I'm coming." So they caught up to the wolf uh, about 100 yards away, but it was moving. It was still moving ahead of them, and it was looked like it was moving faster, in fact. So they weren't getting any closer after that. Uh, but as it got further away, they 
Oh, yeah, yeah. So they started to lose sight of it. They could just make out the shape. So Terry starts trying to follow the prints, trying to track it that way. Yeah. Um, quite a bit of undergrowth, a little bit challenging there. They came to a clearing that led to a river, and the tracks led right up to the water, but before they went to the riverbank, they just stopped. So Terry was wondering if it like jumped. It, it vanished? Did it vanish? Did it jump into the river? But the tracks were about 60 feet from the water. But depending on how big it is, dude, some of these wolves can jump pretty high. Anyways, it doesn't sound like Terry knows what he's dealing with, obviously. Um, so, yeah, once again, he was wondering, did it disappear into thin air? Um, they were a little freaked out. I would be, too, because where is it? Where is it? Yeah. Is it going to pounce on me? Yeah. What's it, what's it going to do? So anyways, they weren't sure where it was. It was starting to get dark. So Terry says, we're headed back to the house. Um, so they don't see it. Several weeks go by. They don't see anything. Um, families totally trying to get over it, which, how do you get over that? I don't know. How do you get over shooting an a, a alien dog, alien yeah. wolf, five times, track it where it disappears, and then weeks go by, and you're just like, well, that was a thing. I'd be thinking if I was crazy, especially if there's no blood or no. Nothing. Like, well, footprints up until the river, but that's it. Yeah. That's it, man. So um, here's where it comes in. Gwen, Terry's wife, was coming home one afternoon, and she was opening the gate. And she had opened the gate, was getting back into her car, and she saw the wolf again. This time, it was around 30 feet away from her vehicle, staring at her. Um, and this time she actually saw another weird creature a little bit further away. It was a little bit more dog-like than a wolf, black, um, but with a weird head that looked too big for its body. So a pug. Weird. Right? Like an alien pug. Uh, so like, like off men in black. Yeah. So she jumps back <laughs> in her car, takes off to the house. Um, and that's when she checks in with the authorities and decides to see if there's wolves in the area. There are none. Once again, they tell her there haven't been any in there for 40 years. Um, again, several weeks go by. They don't see anything this time. She's walking when out of nowhere, she feels a huge rush of wind hit her and she felt like something had collided with her had ran into her. Um, she keeps walking, felt the wind approaching again. This time she ducked out of the way, getting a little bit nervous. So there's all kinds of things like it seems like there's all these weird creatures that are going after the family. Right? Yeah, like multidimensional beings. Yeah. Maybe. So over the following weeks, Terry and Gwen start noticing that random things are turning up gone. They're missing. Uh, around the house, around the property, um, and then they find them in weird spots. So another time when Terry was getting his herd ready, uh, the, the cattle ready to move with his son and his nephew, Terry thought he saw what looked like headlights of an RV off in the distance in the land. Um, he told his son and his nephew about it, and so then they went and headed towards it because I guess that they had had problems with people uh, squatting in their property in the past. Dude, 512 acres? Yeah, that'd be... Can you imagine? Yeah. yeah. Jesus, I can't even... I mean, that'd how would... You, they're lucky they even people. spotted it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude. 
Yeah. Um, so they headed out to go and find the lights and make sure that whoever it was left. Um, but the lights kept moving away as they kept getting towards it. So it would just keep moving further and further away the closer they got. Um, so at first they thought, well, they must have been spotted, and now the people were running away from them. Um, so Terry starts running to get up to him. Then it occurred to Terry that maybe it wasn't an RV because it ha- if it was, it was going right through all their fencing on their land. It wasn't uh, getting hung yeah. up on anything. Okay. And so he couldn't understand how an RV, a really heavy vehicle, would be able to just punch through all these fences without without damaging it or anything like that. Yeah. Like a Any ghost, vehicle like for that a matter. Like a ghost vehicle, yeah. Right, exactly. So anyways, that's when he starts realizing maybe, just maybe, this isn't regular RVers <laughs> that are running through his land. Um, either way, though, they kept going after it, and Terry kept, reassuring himself it's just an rv it's just an rv um they were got uh, about 200 yards away they couldn't still couldn't hear an engine but could see the lights um but then as they got closer the light took off directly into the air that's a trip yeah and then when it got up to around the treetops about 50 feet tall they saw a black oblong shape like a refrigerator in the sky like a refrigerator. Like a refrigerator. <laughs> so like a rectangle block. Um, okay. All right. No sound. And then it just disappeared. Moved off, disappeared. Several weeks after that, Terry saw the same craft, same refrigerator, this time walking with his wife. Several weeks after that, Terry saw another craft, but this time it appeared out of nowhere, hovered over him for a f- uh, several minutes. And then another time, around 6 p.m., Gwen was driving home again from the main gate, um, and she saw a weird black shadow go over the vehicle. When she looked up, she saw a huge black triangle-shaped object with red, green, yellow, and blue lights hovering over around 30 feet. Hey, everybody. Thank you once again for listening to the show. I hope you're enjoying everything so far. If you want to help support the show, there are many ways you can do that. You can follow the link down in the show notes, and that will take you to several links, including our Patreon, where you can listen to the show, which you already are. Thank you very much. You can also leave a review on any of those. You can watch the show slash listen on Rumble. You can also watch slash listen on YouTube. You can follow the show on Instagram, stay in touch. You can buy merch as well as you can follow the link to start your own podcast where you will get a $20 gift card and it lets them know that you're supporting the show. Love you all. Thank you so much. Back to the show. Again, no sound. Now, Triangle Craft. Yeah, it's a common feature. That's the TR3B, I believe is what it is. What's that? Uh, It's the... the it's the stealth plane uh, oh. from the from the military, and it's triangle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in fact, that's what a lot of people think I'm included. I believe that I that was probably what the Phoenix Lights was, was a really large version of that. Yeah. Something like that. Um, also, I think a lot of these things could be holograms just because we have that technology. It's yeah. kind of crazy. Um, so anyways, followed her to the house. When she got out of the car... 
it kind of continued off, disappeared in the distance. Um, Terry happened to be out of town for work, so she called him. And which, what good is that going to do? You know, Terry, I saw a craft. I'm freaked. <laughs> Family, come check it out. Yeah, like what's he going to do? <laughs> so anyways, he tried to reassure her, tried to calm her down, but she was too freaked out. So um, he told her, like, just try and have a good evening. Calm down. There's nothing you could do about it. It's gone, whatever. Um, but of course, later, as she was washing dishes in the kitchen, she looked out the window and saw the RV in one of the fields. But this time she could see there was a light inside this vehicle and she could see some kind of like a desk inside of it behind the windshield or whatever. Um, And she was trying to figure out like what kind of a vehicle it was and she saw some kind of a figure dressed in this black robe or black uniform with a black helmet sitting at this desk. Um, then the figure stood up, moved to some interior doorway and looked out the window right at her. And she started to wonder if the vehicle was related to the triangle craft that she had seen earlier. Could be the same thing. It could just have like wings deployed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it could just come down to rest. Could be the same thing. Well, they're deploying people down. Uh, that too, in a refrigerator-like object, in a yeah. small RV. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> hey, go camp out in this Winnebago in this lady's yard. Free, really freak her out. Uh, so this figure stood there staring at her for a while, and um, she called Terry again. <laughs> so he decides, I'm coming home, and gets home early the next morning. They both go outside to look for clues, and what they found was really big footprints like a foot and a half long where this figure was standing next to the rv and it looked like it was barefoot okay yeah um like like a bigfoot well so what it says it says about a foot and a half so what's a foot and a half like uh 16 inches yeah that's pretty big i mean that's a pretty big foot that is a pretty big foot. But, I mean, so now Bigfoot's camping out in an RV wearing a helmet? Yeah, maybe. You <laughs> do know. I mean, I don't know. So, anyways, there's not a whole lot. Of, but, I'm anyways. Just, I'm exploring all the possibilities. Well, no, man. I mean, it is a big footprint. So, uh, you know, Bigfoot. Yeah, you would think Bigfoot. Yeah, absolutely. But it sounds like it's more advanced than what Bigfoot is typically. But maybe like, the whole I'll, concept I'll, of Bigfoot being a beast is the misconception. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe what they're, yeah, man, maybe what they're seeing is these beings of some kind in ghillie suits in their version of a ghillie suit of like, uh, like, well, they have bears. Like think about it from an alien's perspective. Like what if they think that that's what we think a bear looks like? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but that's very, yeah. Plausible. Who knows, man? Yeah. So it's it's like a theory within a theory. Well, Bigfoot is actually a costume for aliens. <laughs> we just came up with another theory. There oh, fuck. Yeah, man. The costumed it, man. alien Bigfoot theory. They just go and pick it up from some. They just go to like uh, Spirit Halloween and check, get a yeah, Bigfoot right. costume. <laughs> um, so anyways, once again, by this point, they're pretty freaked out. Uh, but now they were actually feeling like they were in real danger. So they stopped letting their kids outside. 
which thank God, because here they were about to let him to, to pet the fucking alien wolf. Jesus. I can't believe that. I can't believe that. Like, I won't even let my kid pet a stray dog, let alone an alien wolf that's three times the size of a regular wolf. Oh, pet it, kids. It seems friendly. Yeah, go on. What the fuck? There, they, there's, there's some... I don't know. Those parents are like, well, yeah, we I can only know. afford one kid, but you know <laughs> what I mean? We'll just have natural it go selection. We'll, yeah, we'll have it go pet the, the let, wolf. Let the gods decide. <laughs> let their let their alien beast decide which kid we love best. Um, so they quit letting the kids outside after dark. Um, they only left that house at night when they absolutely had to. Um, but one night. Terry's out on his land, sighting his rifle in, testing out this new night vision scope he had um, when he saw an orange object appear in the sky. So Terry watches the object through this rifle scope, and he's focusing on the middle of the orange object. And he sees what looked to him to be another sky on the other side of it, like a gateway. Two skies? Dude. So... He saw this, these orange portals several times. And what's interesting is in that show, they seem to see the same thing. Right? Oh. It's very interesting. Pop in the same spot multiple times. Same spot. But they thought it was a craft. But then somebody else mentioned portal. So anyway, so very interesting. interesting. Uh, the other, once again, the interesting aspect to this, though, is he claimed that it appeared different to him depending on where he was standing, where he was uh, seeing it from, which he thinks was it changing shape. But we've talked in the past about the angle of certain ships would change what it might look like. So it might yeah. look like it's changing shape, like but it's illusion. actually just your perspective. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but at this point, he was convinced that these were gateways portals um so another time he noticed oh no i'm sorry this yeah 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 another time he noticed a strange layering inside the middle of one of these getting bigger and then a dark object came out of it and then took off into the distance so like it was like a craft came through a portal. Interesting. Right? Um, how big was the craft? Well, it doesn't how say. How big are these circles? Yeah, well, the portal, he's, it says, now it's guesstimating about a foot to two feet. Oh. But dude, oh, think yeah, about yeah. though that it, who knows how far up in the sky it actually is. Yeah. I mean, that's the hard part about sightings in general is that from an elevated, from, you know, us down on the ground looking up. Even an airplane looks tiny. Yeah, yeah. We know it's not. Yeah. But that's because it's thousands of, you know, feet, feet up in the, in the air. air. Yeah. So this could be a portal thousands of feet up in the air that looks a foot to a foot, two feet across. But who actually knows? So that's the hard part about that is it's even that though big they from that far away. What's that? If it's that big from super far away. Man, well, if a craft is coming through it. Yeah. I mean, he just says an object, but what is it going to send a. A pebble, yeah, right. That shoots off into the air. I mean, it to me, that it makes sense that it would be a, a craft. Yeah, that might might not. I mean, like they can make super tiny crafts. Uh, very true. Like, micro crafts, yeah. micro machines. Um, 
So that's when he started thinking it was a craft. Um, so on top of all that, he was thinking that if these portals really did exist and they were popping up over his land, that it might, these things might be causing the weird shit around the property or at least be connected yeah, in some way. Um, so over the following months, the Shermans now started having multiple cases of cattle mutilations. Um, and some of them were just disappeared altogether. Um, once again, they saw these weird blue orbs hovering all around them, sometimes even chasing them. Once again, the three dogs, they got crushed. Um, so this is where the, uh, um, Robert Bigelow's team called the NIDS, which is actually the, uh, what was it that stand for? It's like the national Institute of something science. Ah, damn it. I can't remember. I can't remember what it was called. NIDS. Yeah, I can't remember what it was called. Anyways, um, NIDS was a research group by um, Robert Bigelow. So they end up coming in and getting a hold of the Shermans. And once again, if you want a really good detailed um, account of like all of what the Shermans experienced, go check out that book, The Hunt for the Skinwalker by Colm Kelleher. Because um, it goes into all of them, dude. I mean, it, and then again, that show, Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch, that's a good one too. But um, is, is that the guy, Bigelow? Is he the one that has that show? No, it's uh, the other guy, uh, Brian Fugel, I believe oh, is his yeah, name. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's Fugal. Right. Um, but anyway, so this NIDS group contacts the Shermans, and um, Robert Bigelow ends up taking over the property in 1996, and he puts multiple millions of dollars into the... Oh, it's the National Institute for Discovery Science. That's what it is. Anyways, he invested multiple billions, millions of dollars into this institute and bought this Skinwalker Ranch and then put the two of them together. Okay? okay. So it's not his institute. It is an institute, but he thoroughly funded them, and then that's why they ended up getting involved. So gotcha. he buys the property, they get involved. Because for the longest time, I thought he owned the company. But he owns an aerospace company. But he just funded this one to do the research for him. Okay. Um, the unfortunate part is that according to Knapp and Kelleher, this research that he did on the property, for the most part, was was secret. Like, he still hasn't released it to the public. Um, That'd be interesting, though. Right. Yeah. And that's what they're wondering. I mean, that's why this show came about is because the guy that bought it was like, look, I'm not going to do what Bigelow did. You know, I'm going to be, I want to show people what this place does. Whereas Bigelow, anyways, I'll go into the theories about kind of why he may have done this, but it, once again, it kind of comes down to money. Okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Figured as much. Of course. Uh, So anyways, he turned it into this interactive research facility, but only for himself in this this team of uh, of researchers. But once again, to under, you know, it would be amazing to see because he did put cameras up all over the place. Um, In fact, it says that every acre had at least one camera 24 hours a day. Damn. Hasn't released it to the public. Dude, imagine what he's got. 
Oh, no shit. Uh, not only that, research teams were working around the clock. Um, but after, what, in 2004, so that'd be eight years, he had no solid evidence, supposedly no solid evidence or answers to what was actually causing all this weird shit to happen. Um, once again, at least what's available to the public. So the research team, though, his research team was convinced there was something going on. But either way, Bigelow stopped funding the project. Um, and then he shut it down altogether. And then that's when this Brandon, Fu- Brandon, not Brian, Brandon Fugal uh, came along in 2016 and bought it and then started doing this show on the History Channel. And um, now there is some things that I guess they go over. A couple of accounts from this research team, the NIDS research team, that came out. But it's very limited. But here's here's what they saw. They saw the orbs that the Shermans claimed they saw. They saw the black masses that the Shermans saw. Um, of course, they got a general sense of fuckery <laughs> all over the place. Um one of the more well-known moments was in 97, August of 1997, two members of the team, Jim and Mike, uh, and I'm skeptical of anything where people don't include their last names, but, you know, whatever. Because you can't trace it. Yeah, yeah. There's no way you can, you know, trace it back and, and figure out if it's real or not. So anyways, Jim and Mike uh, had their equipment set up in this one area where supposedly there was a lot of these strange, weird shit that was going on. And so they wanted to capture it. Um, and around a mile away, there was another team with state-of-the-art monitoring equipment, recording equipment, with infrared night vision. Around 2.30 a.m., they were there for around six hours and didn't capture anything. So they decided to move to this other spot. Um, but shortly after packing up their equipment, Jim notices a strange light in the distance about 150 feet away. And at first, he wasn't sure if it was anything real, so he just kind of kept staring at it. But then this yellow-orange light started to get bigger. So now it's got his attention. So he yells to Mike to grab the camera. Jim starts setting up his equipment at the same time. Mike looks through his binoculars, which were, um, I guess, pretty fancy thermal binoculars and gasps in surprise at what he saw and yells to Jim. Something's in the tunnel. Something. Something's on the wing. Something's on the wing. (laughs) Um, Something's in the tunnel. So this light doubles in size and is floating, I guess only a short distance above the ground. So Jim starts taking a few pictures of the light. Mike yells again. It's a tunnel. It's not just a light. Jim keeps taking pictures. Mike is frantically yelling. There's a black creature climbing out of it. He sees its head. It has no face. Oh, my God. It just climbed out. Uh, Jim's staring at the light. He doesn't see any dark entity that, that Mike is seeing. Um so Jim asks Mike for the binoculars that he's seeing this through. Um, Mike doesn't respond. He just keeps yelling, saying that the creature's now on the ground and walks away from the tunnel. 
So Jim looks at the light again, but now all of a sudden it's getting smaller and it's getting dimmer. So uh, it's going away. And then all of a sudden after about a minute, it's gone. Um, I'd be fucking pissed. Be like, talk to me. Fucking because look, the what's the whole, what's the whole idea of a research team? Yeah. To work together is you have people that are corroborating evidence. Yes. Right. Well, if you're hogging the fucking thermal goggles. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? How are you not like, dude, you need to corroborate what I'm seeing. Do you see what I see? Yeah. Yeah. How do you not like, dude, what the fuck? Like people that's one guy's test. To- so right away, the skeptics are going to say, well, he made it up. Yeah. Jim didn't see anything. Yeah. So. It's hard, a lot hard, you, harder to uh, argue against two people. Well, yeah, because now that, to me, that entire one. account, not only the fact that they don't have last names, but the fact that Jim can't corroborate what Mike saw, even though they were both looking at the exact same object, says either one thing. Either that thing was only viewable through thermal goggles, assuming that he was telling the truth. Or that he made it up. Yeah. There's no in between. So No, there's no in between. No. So anyway, so Jim asked Mike to describe what he saw. And he said he saw a big black creature crawl out of the tunnel and then drop to the ground and walk away. And he says it must be lurking around here somewhere. Um, he, now, here's, again, Mike's account, is that it was around 400 pounds and six feet tall. Now, look, that's big. It's big. But at the same time, like, how does Mike not see that or Jim? Yeah. You know, and and Mike can at this point say whatever the fuck he wants. It's a it's a, it's a being in another. Yeah. Dimension. It had a dick grown out of its forehead, like whatever the fuck, you know, I mean, I just don't I don't. Anyways, the, it's interesting. It is. But it's completely Un, you know, he can't be corroborated with a guy that was standing right there because douchebag Mike wouldn't share the goggles. Yeah. What the flying fuck? Like, come on, man. Like, you Some look research through one team. eye hole, I'll look through the other I'll tell you what, hole. if I was Bigelow and I had paid millions of dollars to get that research team out there and they told me that story, I wouldn't be impressed. Yeah, I'd be like, you're a research team? I'd be like, what the fuck, guys? You can't share the binoculars? <laughs> Jesus. Anyways, or just get two sets of binoculars. Yeah. So Mike says that through these high tech binoculars, it looked like a 3D tunnel and that this dark creature used its elbows to drag itself out of the tunnel. So much detail. Yeah, there's a lot of detail. His elbows. (laughs) It did an army crawl out of the anyways. Um, it is an interesting story, but again, I mean, it's, it's total hearsay complete. I mean, it's just can't. So anyways, um, so basically he's saying it's a portal. It opened up, something came through it and then disappeared. Um, (laughs) great show so far. Am I right? Don't let this happen to you. And about like 30 to 45 minutes ago, I beat the fuck out of my dick so goddamn hard that I can't even feel my left leg. My left leg has went totally numb. And my dick has also went totally numb to the point where it feels fucking weird when I go and take a piss. Take CBD. Get the best CBD at ClarkstonCBDCo.com. Use promo code UFONO to save 10% on your purchase and help support the show.
So does that, it sounds like the same thing Terry saw, some kind of a portal, another sky through it, you know, so maybe it could be the same thing. Um, so Mike and Jim stand there several minutes trying to listen for any movement for said beast, nothing but silence. So they decided to pack up their stuff and head to where they had actually seen the light. Um, when they got to where the light was, it smelled really strong of sulfur. In fact, it was so strong it made him it made Jim sick. Um, they were testing for they ended up testing for radiation. They ended up testing for magnetic anomalies. Nothing. Um, so, like the same thing with this astrophysicist guy. Isn't, isn't sulfur supposed to be linked to like supernatural? Yeah, like paranormal. Yep. But they've also like there's all kinds of things that smell like sulfur. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, so unfortunately, I mean, yes, a lot of times it's attributed to paranormal activity because it's something that's not seen. Sulfur smell comes out of nowhere. You know, the whole fire and brimstone thing. Um, but considering all the other things that can smell like sulfur, you know, swamp gas, that's the government's favorite. Swamp, yes. uh, you know, I mean, who knows, man, but it could have been a portal to hell or somebody farted. Um, so they just stood there trying to do tests and like this astrophysicist guy that's on the show, he, he's confused about the things he saw. Um, he, he says, you know, everything could be explained by science, but I can't explain the things I've seen. Anyways, go check out the show. It's kind of interesting. I will. Yeah. Anyways, these guys are pretty freaked out. They stayed for about another half hour. Nothing else happened. But they decided to go out the next day with a couple more members so they couldn't share binoculars. Um, but again, nothing happened. So then they go and they look at the photos. Now, again, here's the craziest part about this big multi-million dollar research team, major high-tech equipment, professionals. They caught a picture of the light, but guess what? Turned out blurry. Come on. Didn't show anything close to what Mike said. Like. Patterson film blurry. I mean, probably just says blurry, but yeah, I would imagine so. <laughs> but dude, I mean, it's like, come on, man. I mean, just like, what's the point? What's the point? Eight years, eight years of researching this place. They walk away with some fuzzy photos and personal experiences. Dude, what the fuck? Sounds about right. Crazy. I mean, you know, and there's a lot of people out there to be like, well, that's the, that's why we need to read. It's elusive. Or maybe it's not what it's made out to be. Yeah. That could be. Um, so It's fun to believe, though. Well, of course, man. And what, I mean, it could absolutely be this. Yeah. It could absolutely be this. It could be a curse on the land, like the indigenous tribe said. It could be alien. It could be from a meteor that came down and hit so far in the earth it exposed some magnetic whatever the fuck. You know, it could be a number of things. It could be the ley line idea, like there's energy that's something collecting energy that's just drawing weird shit to it you know that's i mean these are all possibilities but again it could also be that people want to believe these things and people are manifesting these experiences because they're paranoid yeah and they want them to exist we've talked about that you know people that it's a placebo effect yeah you know i believe it's happening so it's happening like uh like uh what is it mass hysteria yes mass, mass hysteria that's right yeah exactly so again no hard evidence, despite 
of course, the NIDS experiences, you know, the research team and having their individual stuff. Um, of course, Bigelow says that uh, he believes that these things are really happening. He believes that they're real. Um, but is it really happening? I mean, it, once again, there's no evidence. It's all speculation, and it's all people that want this to be a thing. Obviously, he bought it because he wanted to get, I mean, he wanted to own the the, the evidence. Yeah. You know, which he may, he may. He may still do, have. Yeah. Again, why did Bigelow shut down the project after donating, investing millions of dollars into this team? Go out there, eight years, nothing to show for it. Why shut it down? It's not like he, did he think he was going to come up with something concrete? That seems like a foolish idea. Yeah. So some people believe that he actually did come across something that was legitimate and that the government offered him, you know, something to keep the research to himself. Now think about this. Bigelow completely went the other direction, is now involved in aerospace. So, now, uh, oh, and he's got uh, all these government contracts for his NASA company. Um, they're, they're paying him off to... Well, did he shut down the research because he got the government contracts, so he didn't need to do the research anymore? Did he get something out of it? Like, did he find some alien technology? He's did too he, smart to kill, so... Did he end up? Better keep him happy. Yeah. Did he get some his hands on some tech or some information there? Um, You know, going back to my theory of you know the government testing advanced technology is is Skywalker Ranch a testing site? Maybe. I mean, you've got psychology going on. You've got reactions to these things. I mean, you've got a perfect playground. Could be all kinds of things. Um, what's interesting about this Bigelow aerospace is they don't really even acknowledge the research that was done at Skywalker ranch. Why? Yeah. Why? Exactly. In fact, one of the things he said, uh, he was in this interview and they asked him, why did he shut it down so fast? You know, why did he just end it out of nowhere? And he said, maybe I wanted to leave the aliens in peace. Now, a lot of people say he was just joking around, that he was kind of mocking the interviewer or the people that believed that it, but maybe he was being legitimate. Maybe he was like, hey, man, I didn't want to, you know, some people say that there's some, they that these things out there on this land don't want to be meddled with. Uh, that goes kind of back to the whole um, idea of there being an underground base under that. So, yeah. Um, let, let's take Dolce, New Mexico as an example. Okay. We know, well, there's pretty solid circumstantial evidence that there's bases under there, uh, around in there, numerous bases. Um, there's a lot of, let's say, let's say for instance, that there is a facility under sky, under Skinwalker Ranch. I almost said Skywalker Ranch, <laughs> uh, under Skinwalker Ranch. Could they be experimenting with advanced technology that might cause hallucinations or even portals? Maybe. 
is the better question. Would Wouldn't they? Surprise me. Yeah. Me neither. They've done in the past. Um. Again, I think a lot of UFO sightings that we see nowadays are government technology. So the UFO sightings over Skinwalker easily could absolutely be that. And then if you have a base right underneath it, holy shit. Um, another interesting claim by the Shermans was that they often heard heavy machinery or metal equipment underground. Really? Could that be tunneling? Maybe. Uh, and building the base? There's been other places mm -hmm. uh, that have had weird noises. Yep. Like, I want to say around the Detroit, like, the border of Canada and fucking... Denver, Colorado, which there's a lot of theories that Denver Airport has a base underneath it. There's a lot, dude. Like, 1,400 bases around the United States is what they're estimating. Wow. Everywhere, man. So, could be. So, it could be these these things are were building a base at the time. Excuse me. When they, uh, when they heard that. Um, in fact, what's interesting, dude, is there's a ban on digging out there. Did you know that? Why? Yeah. So it was actually in the contract, original purchasing contract from the Shermans or from the previous owners that the Shermans picked it up from that was in the contract. It was forbidden to, to dig on the land. Isn't that weird? That is weird. Now, what's interesting is they, you know, it's not really, it doesn't, they don't believe it's from urban legend or from a curse or anything. It was just included in this contract. But could it be something from the military protecting themselves? Could it be cultural? Could it be the indigenous tribes that don't want the land, if it is cursed, they don't want the land disturbed, they're releasing something? Yeah. I think it's all plausible. Yeah, very much so. So like I said early on, 2016, Brandon Fugel bought it from Bigelow because he said he wanted to do the same thing. He wanted advanced scientific research. But this time, he wanted to put it all out there in this TV show. Uh, so he plans to do these advanced gravitational tests for propulsion systems, different techniques, and trying to harness what he believes is power in this area. To do all kinds of things. So he's gonna so it's gonna be interesting to see, man. Um, and think about that. Think about if he is actually able, if this guy can actually harness natural energy, if there is like something, some kind of really powerful energy there. Sounds like a modern day Tesla. Dude. Or yeah. Imagine that. Maybe I mean, that could Tesla. really that could really change things for humanity. Um and of course we know about natural energy around the world. You know, there's theories about the pyramids having natural energies the whole ley lines that a lot of these you know uh, ancient sites mm -hmm. are tied in with ley lines and energy points and all types of things like that yeah. they found crystals deep in some of these uh, yeah and, man uh, so there's a lot of machu picchu yeah a lot of things that tie in natural energy and this skywalker seems a skywalker god damn it skinwalker <laughs> seems to be one of these places um so to, i guess we, we just gotta wait and see what's that to all the listeners it's just a couple days after may 4th so oh that's right so that's why you're saying that's right um skywalker. the time of this recording this is actually uh cinco de mayo cinco de mayo uh the day after star wars day yes so uh but yeah by the time you guys listen to this well it could be ever i mean you might be listening to this 20 years from now oh <gasps> anyways um 
So we just got to wait and see what happens with this new guy. Once again, go check out the show for some very interesting things. Um, but again, keep in mind, digging's forbidden. So we might never know about the underground base if there is one. Um, so somebody's just got to go in with the, there with the balls to dig and say, fuck it, we're going to do it. Um, dig in deeper <laughs> um, to the whole thing. But the question is, is there is this a curse? Is there a curse? The local tribes, they absolutely believe that the to curse this day. Of the government. Well, dude, yeah, for real. But but think about ancient, ain't these these really old tribes. Yeah. Right? That absolutely believe the land is cursed. What what tribes in Utah? Uh it is was the Navajo? Navajo and the Ute tribe. Yeah. So in fact, there's this whole other legend that talks about the two tribes, the Ute and the Navajo were disputing over the territory and they could, they, they, anyways, they couldn't come to terms with who was going to get it. And so the UD tribe apparently sold the Navajo out to the government, sided with the government, raided on this, the, the, the Navajo tribe. And so the Navajo ended up placing a curse on the entire area. And that's where that, that legend originally comes from. Um, so that could explain yeah, where all the craziness comes from. Maybe. Um, what's interesting though, is that neither tribe will come anywhere near the land even to this day. Wow. That's right. So it really is. They really do believe that. Um, regardless of whether it's aliens, a curse, something more paranormal. It absolutely, Skinwalker Ranch is a, a crazy place. It's a weird place. Even even people that go out there to research say there's some crazy shit we can't explain. I wish it was just open to the public. Yeah, absolutely. Well, but that might change things. I think it's I think it's good that you get some researchers out there that control the environment. They try and document. Yeah. But because otherwise, what you're going to get is a bunch of dipshits that want to make their own claims, and then yeah. just muddies the waters. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's the hard part about that. So I, I agree with you. I think what it should be is it should be available to stream. I think they should 24 hour stream this shit, yeah, and people cool. can see it for themselves. Yeah. But I think there's obviously they're going to make money from a TV show. I mean, look, there's reasons to invest in this property, not just for the research they're going to get out of it, but because of the fact that it remains a mystery. Yeah. You know, and so people want to speculate about it. And every time these shows pop up a new owner, they always be like, we're going to figure this out. And then what happens? You get a bunch of hype, very few answers, more questions, but either way, uh, these well-funded investigations don't hurt. Um, but they just got to release it. So what I want to know though, is what do you think? My people, what do you think out there? I want to know. Let me know. On top of, if you have experiences, you have stories, you just want to reach out, uh, you know, you want to let me know what you think of the show. You want to be like, what's up, dude? Whatever. I don't give a fuck. Even if you want to talk shit, uh, email me. In the show notes, that link literally contains it all in one powerful link. One link to rule them all. Uh, go check it out. Click that link. You can email me. Contact by merch. You can do all kinds of crazy shit. Crazy shit. We are building a UFO no army, maybe a legion. We're not really sure where it's going. It might be bigger than that. So if you want in, go donate. 
Uh, but now I got to give some thank yous to... This one's for you people. Uh, my OG supporter, first army slash legion member is designer tinfoil hat wearing Aaron Rice. Thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate it very, very much. Been uh, supporting since I got this fucking Patreon going, but you too can get involved. Casey Armadilla, uh, first merch buyer and now a fucking member of the army slash legion. We're still undecided. Uh, Michael Benavides. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. He told me he was born and raised in Roswell, that his grandfather was the head of the uh, MP base, uh, or what head MP on the base at Roswell the night of the crash. Uh, so anyways. Damn, hope- that's impressive. I know, dude. I'm hoping to hear some stories. So anyways, he hasn't uh, let me know. And then, of course, a uh, friend of the show and friend of the CBD store. Go check that out as well. Michael Ralston recently signed up. Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. Um, actually, he came into the shop and we had some great talks about this. And I'm trying to get him on the show because this guy knows some shit. Um, anyways, you too can also be a part of the UFO no army slash legion at patreon.com where we are going to be releasing a new episode each week for members only plus a bunch of bonus content. I'm going to start adding, uh, coming very soon. And of course, any donation means the world to me, anything from a dollar to, you know, your life savings. I love it all. Thank you so much. It helps out. Uh, and now for, uh, general shout outs. Thank you from me. Tago Shea, Ridiculous Patronus 1, Your Scented Memoried, Gigi Holland, Casey Leesky. Uh, they all say you got to check us out, and you really, really should. We got a bunch of episodes. Go check them all out everywhere you get your favorite podcasts. If you've left me a review, because I love my reviews, thank you, my people, for helping me. That really, really does help. If you've left a review, but you didn't get a shout out or I didn't, I didn't let you know. Thank you. Please reach out to me and let me know because I do want to let you know. Thank you. It means a lot to me. Reviews, reviews really, really help. Um, and depending on the platform, I might not see it. So I want to get to it and I don't want to miss you. So please show me a big juicy reviews. I loved him. Um, and of course my general shout outs to thanks for the moon cheese. Anthony D and Graham in Alaska, Lenny F. He's going fishing soon. Stay safe, buddy. Um, always good friend. Love you, man. And Michelle Davis. Thank you all so much. Uh, everyone who's bought merch. I want to remind you, go tag the show UFO no podcast on Instagram. You can also get a hold of us on Twitter, but I really want to see you in your merch. If you're buying some merch and I want to say thank you to you. So show me that sweet ass gear. Help us build that portfolio fans. Cause we're going to do it. I just need one or two. Um, And, of course, if you want to get a shout-out, let me know. You listen to the show or, of course, donate. It really, really helps. I love it all. It's that that simple. Otherwise, folks, that's it for this one. Skinwalker Ranch. That's a good one. Let me know what you think, huh? Interesting. Ed? Yes. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for coming along. By the way, uh, we got a live studio audience member tonight. I forgot to give her a little shout-out. Hello? Hello. She's here. Ed's girlfriend. Okay, remind me. Jessica. Good job. Did I get it? Yeah. My God. You I know, can't believe it. For Butcher and everybody else's name, you did good. On well, that. I fucking nailed that one. Anyways, I <laughs> uh, love you all. Thank you again. It means the world to me to see you. And hey, keep your eye to the sky. Remember, the government, they're shysty bastards. They did it. <laughs> <laughs>